Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Product Coalition podcast. It's great to bring another guest forward for you for the Sydney-based uh, podcast series. Gavin, Gavin Ray, welcome. Thank you. Uh, looking forward to talking about loving product management from the outside and uh, the diverse experiences that have brought you into the world of product uh, along your career. Looking forward to get stuck into that. First, I want to give a shout out and a thank you to BrainMates as the location host for this Sydney-based series. BrainMates is a product management training and consulting team based in Australia, New Zealand and Denver in USA. Find out more about BrainMates three-day course for product folks on the 9th of December in Denver at brainmates.com.au. If you've just discovered the Product Coalition, welcome. We're a global product management community that started out as a publication at productcoalition.com back in 2014. Product Coalition has a Slack community of over 5,000 product managers globally. It's free to join. Grab an invite at productcoalition.com. If you'd like to watch this podcast of Gavin and I, um, feel free to do so on YouTube. Search for Product Coalition and you'll find this one. And Product Coalition is funded 100% by community support. So if you'd like to support the podcast, the publication or the community, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash productco. Great to have you here, Gavin. Thank you. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to this. It's great to have a fellow Brit yeah. on board. <laughs> and we, we managed to slip one in, in, in or oh, two in, in fact, in the Melbourne series, one in, in the Sydney series, which is great. Um, for all the guests, we've been kicking off with a Sydney pub quiz. Um, okay. So uh, how long has Sydney been home for you, Gavin? Uh, about five years. Five years. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're probably one of the sort of fresher yeah. si- Sydney <laughs> ciders um, that I've had on, on this. So um, let's get going. We're going to kick off with the Opera House. Um, average audience attendance of the Sydney Opera House. How many people bums on seats per year? Oh. <laughs> Good thing you're not in charge of ticketing. <laughs> two, two million. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, no, divide that by 365, it's quite a few. Yeah, yeah. Um, have, have you been in yeah, the, yeah. into the Opera House? Uh, yeah, I have actually. I actually went to watch it. Uh, couple of gigs there. I went to see a Scottish comedian, Kevin Bridges. He right, was there, okay. um, which was excellent. Right. Funny enough, Dom, who was also on the show, saw a comedian as well in oh the yeah. Sydney <laughs> Opera House. Seems to be more of a comedy venue than an opera yeah. venue, it seems. There are yeah, a lot no, of people. definitely. Um, brilliant. Um, okay, next up, we've got, um, let's see, between 1788 and 1792, how many convicts were living in Sydney? Thousand. Yeah, that's not bad. It's, it's a better guess. It's 4,300. Um, I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, in uh, St. Ovier rather than incarceration back in uh, Pommyland. Okay, yeah. lastly, um, there was once a famous painter that, that used to paint, it was permanently employed painting the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Um, and he, he quickly became a very famous Australian celebrity. Who might that celebrity be that used to paint the Sydney Harbour Bridge? Yeah, wow. Um, Dear Medna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's an entertainer. Um, Mick Dundee, Paul Hogan. Oh, yeah, wow. There you go. Legend. Um, he was actually, there was a Mick Dundee impersonator down at Circular Key on the weekend. <laughs> I got my photo taken with. Um, so it's good to see that celebrity or that character still being milked by uh, yeah. Australian <laughs> tourism. That's good. Um, being, being a Sydney side of five years now, what's mm. your favourite spot by the water? 
Um, we're out in eastern suburbs, so we're out um Pagewood, next to Maroubra and Coogee and Bondi. So right, lovely, uh, beautiful, beautiful part of the world. And um, my wife grew up in Maroubra, so right. and that's actually my favourite beach. I love going to Maroubra. Really, kids down there. So yeah, I love love it down there. Beautiful, beautiful. It's funny. Everyone who's been on th- this show has had a different spot. Yeah, so it's great. So Everyone's many. got something yeah. personal to them, no, and there's so, so many, many yeah. for me to tick off. Yeah. Um. What's your most favourite sort of meet-up or event or conference in Sydney? Um, you know, I try and get along as, to as many as you can, but, you know, having family <laughs> can be difficult. Um, leading the product, Brainmates, right, okay. what they do. Obviously, their conference, you know, kudos to them. They, they do very well with that conference. I was at the latest one I've been, I've been for the last few years. Right. Um, and it's, you know, it's getting bigger and, uh, you know, really slick organisation. Yeah. I, I thought it was really good. I like going, I always go to that. Um, Fantastic. There's a few product product meetups we go to. Um, we run a small one ourselves right. um, for product leaders, but yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot going on. It's a good community. It's very tight. Um, it's great to see even just setting up this podcast series in Sydney. Everyone sort of knows everyone, or yeah. is one degree away in terms of connections. Yeah, it's a small um, it's a small world, small community for sure. Yeah, and, but it's nice that it's all warm and welcoming, welcoming, regardless of competitors from consulting firms or any of yeah. that stuff. It's, yeah, of uh, course. it's friendly, which is great. Um, okay, let's let's get stuck into it. So we're gonna. Uh, in this series, in this episode, sorry, talk about loving product management from the outside, and I'm really keen to hear your background, mm. um, a career path, um, because I know it's 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 certainly I, I doubt we're going to find two of you in the world <laughs> that have got to this point in terms of how you found your way into product mm. from where you started. So kick us off. How, how did you? Where did you start? Going? Um, you know, I've, I was very lucky to be a professional sportsman for about 20 years. So I left when I was growing up and I grew up in Aberdeen, Scotland. Um, left school at about 15 and, and played professional football, soccer yep. uh, for about uh, 20 years. Right. Um, so, yeah, done that for 20 years. And then, you know, I was very lucky to play for my, play for my nation, you know, play for Scotland and played against some fantastic players um, and some fantastic clubs and, you know, Played with some some huge clubs as well, so it was a great career. I absolutely loved it. Um, my wife lived in the UK with me for twelve years, um, always with the sort of uh, aim to once when I finish playing professionally retire and move to move to Sydney and bring my wife back home to her family. Right. Um, so that was always a plan. Yeah. So done that in two thousand fourteen. Right. So I retired in two thousand fourteen May and emigrated in September. Um, wow, so right. yeah, it was like a few months later. Stuck to your promise. Yeah, good no, night. and it was always. I mean, I mean, I'm from Aberdeen, which is a good city, but it's so cold. You yep. know, <laughs> you know, I had the choice of Aberdeen or Sydney, and it's difficult. You know, when your wife's from Sydney to sort of say, no, no, we're staying in Aberdeen. So uh, she'd done the UK for twelve years, which is which is fine. And you know, I was obviously more than happy to move to Sydney, which is a, just a great city. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, came out here, and um, because I left school at fifteen, I didn't really have any other further education you know I didn't right. have time to go to university or college or anything so it was pretty much straight into football and during football you know I was doing a little bit here and there but never had the sort of dedication or time to dedicate myself to doing something else right but then apart from playing football because I had to really concentrate on that um so came here and then was here for about I don't know six to eight weeks we got the kids settled into school yep um no job um we had a house here you know it was just like yeah right what happens now sort of thing yeah. <laughs> you need to get a real job you know yep. so <laughs> yep. um i ended up applying for a few roles and um ended up in technology recruitment right 
Um, so uh, my boss, Evolution, Liam, Liam McDade, who was who's still a, a director of Evolution Recruitment, um, he took a chance on me, basically. And it was more about the transferable skills. You know, I'd been captain at all my clubs. Um, the ability to sort of speak to senior stakeholders. He wanted me to work the project management and business analysis sort right. of uh, desk. And I was like, yeah, you know, more than happy to give it a bash. And it was really difficult, to be honest, because yeah. I never worked in an office in my life. Yeah. You know, so it was like went from, you know, two-hour days, two, three-hour days playing sport um, as a job to full-time in an office, which was really difficult to get used to. I used to have to always take breaks and go outside and get some fresh air. Yeah. You, obviously, you become more accustomed to it and get used to it. Um, but yeah, that's I ended up in technology recruitment for a project. And right. then, so I've done that for about, I reckon it was about 14, 15 months, and then discovered product. Right. So I don't know how it came. I can't remember exactly how it came about, but there was a product management role going with someone, and I ended up working that role. And I was thinking, this is really cool discipline. Like I love, right. love this. So then I said to my boss, I says, listen, it's all right if I sort of work uh, product management instead of project, and he was like, "Well, like, what is it? Just, I mean, it's the same. Everyone, you know, try to describe exactly what yep. it is. It can be difficult, and everyone's got different names for it. Um, but yeah, so since that was about, that must have been about three and a half years ago, right? And since then, I've been in product. I've just stuck in it, and it's similar to people that actually are hands-on practitioners. Like, once you become a product manager. You very rarely leave that to go and do something else because once you realise how good a role it is, right. um, you sort of stick in it. And that, that's similar to me, you know. So I've, I work with product people all the time and I, I love that. Um, so then, yeah, I've been working product management since then, basically. Um, and as, as I say, I'm not a hands-on practitioner. I've done a lot of... I've sat through training, I understand it. Yeah. Uh, and I have obviously know the community very well in Sydney. Brilliant. Um, and it's, yeah, that's where I am now. Can, can I ask, is, is there a... Any emotions or experiences on the day-to-day of product management that you get that same type of feeling that, that you used to get being on the field or in training? Uh, I think it's always difficult to replicate exactly yeah. what, what I had right. as a, in sport, you know. Right. Um, and I think once you sort of understand that and realise it's, it's difficult to really get that that buzz that I did have because it yeah. was phenomenal. I mean, to be able to play sport, you know, full-time was amazing. Um, but, yeah, no, t- seeing people with, you know, the passion for their products that they brought to market, right. um, that still gives me a buzz. You okay. know, people are really passionate about their craft. And, yep. and, and again, people that really want to enhance this community, I mean, that's what the company I work for now, Tiga, I mean, what yes. we run is exactly about that. It's about, yeah, it's a business. We are a business, of course, but we want to enhance the product community here in Sydney. Right. Um, our mothership back in France, I've done exactly the same there. You know, they're very well-renowned in, in Paris. Right. Um, and we're trying to do the same here, you know, and it's, Everyone within the product community is doing their bit to, to help that, and we just want to be part of that and try and help as well. Superb, superb. Um, so pr- product management, as, as you mentioned, is is so often assumed to be the, a product manager, um, a, a person embedded, mm. lives and breathes and employed by an organisation. Mm. But consulting firms um, clearly add value for organisations that might otherwise not get products off the ground. Yep. Um, c- could you tell me a, l- a little bit about what's your view on the role a consultant can play um, in terms of delivering product management as a as a skill set, a mindset, and also, I suppose, product delivery and delivering products to market? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's exactly, you know, that's what we do now, and I'm, I'm very passionate about that, of course. Right. Um, you know, we, as a company, Tiga, we uh, provide 
what we obviously we think expert product people to right. companies to help them with that um, product delivery, um, whether it's helping with the, f- the higher level like frameworks and strategies and prioritization, whether it's that or whether it's actual hands-on practitioner okay. products and delivering the digital products. Um, a lot of companies, there is pushback because they think it should be a full-time employee. Now, I obviously right. understand that. Um, but then Sydney and, and uh, you know, I imagine a few places around the world, it's, sometimes it's, it's difficult to hire uh, product people uh, everyone's thinking the same you know we're desperate for product people yeah. um so sometimes a client will you know try and hire someone full-time and they just can't get someone and then they'll i'll reach out to them or they'll reach out to me and say listen who have you got and you know why not take a product somebody that's got really good expert product knowledge that have normally six to eight years product management experience across multiple domains that can help you yep. deliver your product. I mean, why not? Yep. Um, I totally understand that, you know, people would prefer full-time employees, understandable, and certainly ones that have got specific knowledge, whether it's in payments or, you know, so technical right, okay. product management, understand that. But the actual skills of a product manager are definitely transferable. You know, they can, one of our product people can go into any sort of environment, add value quickly, and help them deliver the digital product. So, you, there's definitely you know advantages to to using a consultant um, who we've vetted already you know so you don't yeah, have okay. to do all that you just you just basically give us a shout and we'll help you you know I'm hearing you you talking about there you know you're helping them put their best foot forward mm. in 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 a lot of those instances about getting it established getting it right mm. um, how do you find then uh, as a consultant pulling away from it. Yeah, that's a good. It's a great question, and you know, a lot of uh, the people I speak to, you know, daily, um, people are interested in what we do. You know, I've got to sort of point that out that they maybe won't see the full product life cycle from start all the way through uh, to delivery, and then obviously feature enhancements and iterations. But what they will do is be able to add value quickly to a company and help them get on that next level and see lots of different domains quickly. Um, you know, we've got one consultant that was seven years at one company, four years at another, and in in one year with us, he, he's had four assignments. Right. So he's seen four different products in four different domains in that time, and he's just he's loving it. You know, right. but you've got to have that mindset that that is what you want to do. You know, so yeah, I imagine there. Are, you know, there's definitely people out there that live, breathe, and love a particular oh, vertical, and that's where they want to be. But definitely. there's also those that want to diversify and be more t-shaped definitely and also it can help with your career like yeah you can you know do it for two three years and see all these different products see all these different things and where you want to maybe end up get to that level and then go and stick somewhere where you find a company that you really uh, love their products and you want to help them and stay there for a few years but you know in the meantime the skills you can learn within that and within that time is, is definitely beneficial when you're recruiting for product managers as a consulting firm, what are you looking for that's different to someone recruiting for a product manager as an employee? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's more about, uh, so we obviously, we look for people that have had multiple domain experience, right, knowledge uh, previously, um, strong stakeholder skills, of course, people have, as a product manager, you should have that anyway, um, but it's more about that candidate really wanting to be a consultant or you know knowing that they're going to be a consultant for that uh, time right. and open to that like we say about not maybe just sp- uh, specifying on one product for a long long well not a long long time but a long time 
um, and people that have got yeah, six to eight years experience. So if you've got that, and then you're obviously looking for them to be, they want to be consultative. Um, it's a you know a very competitive market to try and find people. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in Sydney, that I've got all that going on, and really want to be a consultant. So it's challenging for us, mm. um, like it is for clients, of course. But you know, there's some fantastic product people in Sydney, um, some, some fantastic product companies. I just don't think there's enough. You know, if we just want right. more, we just want more. You know, right. more people in the market, more more great companies, and and that's what we're obviously aiming for and trying to enhance the community, the, the same as everyone else in in the community. Yeah. And and uh, someone like yourself, really diverse background in terms of entering this space. Mm. There's, you know, and I hear it quite often of when it when it comes to product management, people come from very different backgrounds, and it's it's not looking for a tradi- There's no traditional route like yeah. accounting or bookkeeping or etc. Um, how would you suggest someone that might be I don't know, a yoga instructor, for mm. instance, mm. who is interested in this space? What's, what's the first steps? Because for you, like it was a massive change. You you almost had I can imagine like. Nothing to lose. You're on the other side of the world, mm. brand new family, new house, everything's new. So a new job sort of yep. complemented the outfit. But what's that scary first step that could be hard to 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 get past? Yeah, I think it's it's probably the same just with anything. You've just got to, you know, listen to podcasts, you know, right. read books, do courses, you know, research online and then just get out there and do it, you know, and and if you can do it on the side then do a little bit on the side. I mean right. As I say, I'm not a product manager by trade yep. or a hands-on practitioner. It's kind of um, funny, you know, like if I'd not played football, I'd have loved to have been a full-time PM. Right. I don't know if, because I'm a bit older, I don't know whether, you know, now taking that step change and actually becoming a PM is, you know, as attractive as if I could rewind the clock and do a little bit before, so right. then I could get some real experience. Right. Um, but yeah, if it, do the training, you know. I've I've done a few different courses, our own as well. So yeah, there's there's definitely ways into it if it is something, but just get out and do it. This is probably the biggest thing. Right. Okay. One of the points we wanted to talk about in this session was was mental health in tech, and for me, this is almost a bit of a transition from that point around being brave in the mind um, to to make that first leap, read a book, listen to mm. a podcast, and, and get started. Um, there's a number of initiatives and things going on in, in the mental health space um, for, for technology. Could you just start talking to me about that? What, what, why is that relevant to you mm. and meaningful to you? And um, what are you seeing and doing in that space? Yeah, I mean, it's relevant to me in the tech space because that's the space I'm in at the moment. You know, whether I was, wherever I was working, it's still something that'd be relevant. Um, towards the end of my career in sport, you know, it was starting to become more prevalent there. There's still a massive stigma attached around mental health and not enough people speaking about it. Uh, it's getting better. Everyone's getting better and we're trying to push it on, of course. Um, there's lots of good initiatives. But again, we just need to continue to be able to to speak about it. You know, I was just doing, I'd done a, a small presentation at one of our meetups, Product Leaders Club, a couple of weeks ago, um, just about my sort of inner circle of friends, colleagues and business associates. And... You know the percentage of people that I know have small uh, misu- uh, mental health issues was big. You right. know, for a, a very small sort of group, um, and that's only ones I know about. Mm. So you know, that's the ones that are comfortable speaking to me and, and telling me about these things. And so there's obviously there'll be more. You know, behind the scenes that are not 
willing to speak about it or not comfortable speaking about it yet. And that's something that I'd, you know, I'd love more people to be open about. Um, I, I don't know why, but I just feel compelled to try and help people that have got these issues. Um, I was captain for every single team I was at at some point. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was just like natural. I can speak to people and I want to speak to people and try and help them. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, again, there's lots of initiatives, but I'd love to, you know, get um, another one out there where I'm going to meet with a few people in the tech community and, and just decide how we, what's the best sort of approach and how do we, how do we help? What can we do to set up? What, what, what can we set up to try and help people within the tech community? Um, because there's there's bound to be people struggling, and you know if if someone wants to speak to me, you know confidentially, and I'd, I'd love to help someone, you know, and just be a a sounding board. It's similar to what I've done with the people, you know, within my family and friends group. Is just telling that you know you're there to sort of listen to them and and speak to them if they need to if they need help and if they want to chat about it, and, and even just doing that um, can can help them massively. And that's something you know I think. Everyone is definitely trying to push mental health and the stigma away from it, um, but it's, I think there's still obviously a long, long way to go. When I think about my own personal career experience, uh, much like yourself, moving to the other side of the world, mm. um, I know when I was at my most vulnerable, I would say, from a mental health perspective, mm. was as a brand new immigrant. Um, when you don't have that close, yeah. tight Support network, yeah, mates yeah. down the pub who you can just tell you've had a bad week with yeah. and so you tend to carry things around a little bit longer plus the whole experience of moving to a brand new country mm. it's, if I think about like the first few months it's way, way high mm. it's all brand new and of experience course. feels a bit like a holiday yeah. um, and then all of a sudden it starts to feel like you get your tax file number and <laughs> you're going to work and it starts to feel more like just day-to-day real life mm. and um, you have then a your first bad week in your new job in your new country, but and your new mates, and mm. you don't have the depth of relationship to, to bounce off mm. off people. When I think about product management and and as a as a job, it is so transient, and so many people moving. I know who I've interviewed through the Product Coalition that have changed countries for jobs, mm. etc. Is there anything that, with regards to moving to a new country and mental health, that that you wasn't expecting that that you you wish you could have thought about a bit more or not worried about so much, etc. Um, I was quite lucky because my wife's Australian, so right. we had a support network here. You yeah. know, so we had an actual people here. I had been to Australia since two thousand and two, back and forth. You know, every summer or every off season for me, um, every winter for Australia. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, no, I'd so we had all I had friends here already. You know, so I was quite I was quite lucky in that side. Definitely, if if you've not got that, it, it can be difficult. Um, and there's there's lots of groups that are set up to you know help new people when they come to new cities and new countries. But um, I, I suppose it's being comfortable to go and and again put yourself out there to be able to go and mm. uh, and attend these sort of things if you if that's what you like. Um, the biggest thing just now, the world's just so so fast. Everyone's just so busy. Nobody really takes time just to themselves and just sort of look after themselves um, yeah. and we're all guilty of it myself included of course um, it's just there's just so much stuff going on you know if, if you've got family and work and you know um, social life and social media there's just so much going on so it's about just try to take time and just sort of relax and enjoy it, especially if you're living somewhere like Sydney in, in Australia and just enjoy this beautiful country you know it's such a good place to live so we should really just be trying to enjoy it more but I've never worked as hard in my life you know <laughs> you know what right, I mean okay. so I'm in the office early yeah. and then out late because 
Tiga as a company, as a startup, and we're trying to obviously establish our brand here right. in Sydney. So it's long days, and you know, you just got to. I'd, sometimes I just say to myself, you know, if it's not mission critical, just get out of the building. You know, right. you know, I'm say to your product manager, get out of the building and talk yep. to your customers. Just get out of the building yourself and just, you know, just go and just go home and just chill. So Look after you. Definitely. And everyone should do that a bit more as well, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, huge credit to you for making such a jump in, mm. in careers. That's massive. I mean, not having to wash wet, cold football boots must yeah. be quite nice, though. <laughs> yeah. It's a long time since I've done that. Um, yeah. In the, in the YTS, they've actually stopped doing that. I don't know why they don't, why they don't, they don't let the kids uh, clean the boots of the adults or the oh, pros. Really? Yeah, no. The government banned it for some reason, where I had to had to go through it and clean the stand. But good discipline for sure. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you don't miss frozen pitches on a Saturday or Sunday morning either. No, I mean I've got twins, and both of them play football. And you know, sometimes I go and watch the games, and in, in the winter it can still be a little bit chilly. And I'm thinking, like, I've got to sort of check myself and say, listen. My mum and dad, when they were at home, watching me in the winter is a bit different to this. Yeah. It's still a beautiful <laughs> sunny day, you know, I'm like, yeah, just got to relax and enjoy it. You become a big softie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks so much for talking through um, all things product from from an outsider's perspective, for not being a practitioner, mm. and a range of topics, Gavin. It's been great. No problem, thank you. It's been great to hear from someone who's had such a diverse background and being able to make a leap into something, but I'm... Um, Really happy for you that you found you found your people again yeah. twice oh, in life. That's good you. to hear. Um, thanks everyone for for listening to another episode of the Product Coalition podcast. Um, thank you to Gavin Rowe for joining us from Tiga, and uh, thank you to Brainmates from a location hosting perspective. Hope you've enjoyed this Sydney-based episode of the Product Coalition podcast, and I look forward to sharing another guest with you soon. Thanks, Gavin. Thanks. Cheers, mate. Yep.